this is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottagecore life. Today, we're going to go to the pantry, your stable food pantry, where you keep your dry goods. And we're going to look at something that may be in there that you might not give much thought to in your everyday life. If you have a small child or an infant, this may have been something that you either picked up for later, was given to you in your commodities, or you remember from your childhood and you're still preparing it. It's a tasty item and most people may have eaten it and forgotten it existed. You see it on the shelves in the grocery store, near Malto Meal, I'm not sponsored by them, and other companies and you might have just passed it by. Now, what am I talking about? What could it be that would be next to Malto Meal? But is it Malto Meal? And it's not oatmeal. It's not granola. Have you figured it out yet? Are you getting closer? This is a wheat cereal called Farina and it's made from the central portion of the wheat. And they crush it down and they make it like grains or like granules. I mean, it's not that far from gram, but it's not gram. It's usually in a white box with a baby on the front, but adults can eat it too. Now before you frown and say, ew, Farina, give me a shot here. Open up your big book of stuff and turn to the section on breakfast pantry foods because I'm going to change your thinking on Farina. Let's get started. You know, I love bringing diverse and wild kinds of things to our podcast that we share together here in this space. Any kind of flight of fancy can come through, you know? And today's sponsor is Arrow's Flight by M.B. Strang. Want to read diverse and inclusive fantasy? Check out Arrow's Flight by M.B. Strang. Arrow's Flight. An unknown menace moves through the polite society of Pearl's holding. If not caught in time, it will bring down not just the hallowed knights of the Pearl Order, but also everyone who lives and works with them. The answer lies with a young woman of mysterious origins whose life has been touched by tragedy. To fulfill her potential, she must confront her past and discover a future more amazing than she'd ever imagined and find the inner strength to fly. She's not alone. A handful of knights, a hearth mage, and their magical companions all test their physical and magical limits to make things right before it's too late. Otherwise, dark forces will overtake the knights for good. Go to mbstrang.com for details on ordering your copy now. Sign up for the newsletter and receive a free story. That's M B 
B-E-S-T-R-A-N-G.com. And thank you so much to our sponsor for today's episode. I'm excited. I, I'm going. I'm going to that website right after this episode. I'm just telling you right now. Farina is probably one of the first porridges you've ever had. That's right. It's a porridge, and it's made with milled wheat. Now the thing is, you could stay home, and if you're like hardcore, like super crunchy granola mom or dad, and you're super hardcore with making everything yourself. You could mill this yourself, but you'd need the equipment. But you could do it yourself. I'm not going to tell you you can't. But, but for the majority of us, we buy it from the store, and we don't make it ourselves. Farina is also known as one of the first cereals introduced to infants. But it's not just for the young. It can be for any age. Farina is very good for people who are older as well. When you need to get some nutrition into them and they're not feeling well, they can't stomach heavy foods or maybe they can't chew, this is a really good cereal. And cereal doesn't just have to come in a box with a cartoon character on it. It can be a porridge. Also, it's not just for breakfast. It can be eaten at any time. So that's one of the first things we have to get past if we're going to look into the different ways farina can be served. I remember when I was eating farina growing up, one of the first things they did was just basically give it to me plain. Now usually farina, nowadays people make it in water, but really traditionally it's better to make it in milk. Now one of the, okay, so when I say they make it in water, not everybody can tolerate dairy. So they use water as an alternative to the traditional way of making it in milk. But you can use other milks as well. You could use an almond milk, just make sure no one has an allergy. But the real nutrients to come together to make it a really thick porridge and the most nutritionally dense would be to add the milk to it. I'm not telling you what to do. You know what to do to make sure that things are palatable to you. You choose the path that's right for you. I know to fatten uh, people up, if they've lost a lot of weight, you can substitute regular milk with goat milk and it will be very good. Or if you're on a farm, sheep's milk could be added as well. So, the base of it is usually a milk, but in these times with so much lactose intolerance again, you may find people using it with oat milk, almond milk, rice milk, soy milk, or anything else. But water is always an option. And this is not about judging you. This is about there's different ways to cook. And one is not better than the other as far as it has to be what works for you. People around the world eat these kinds of porridges. So if you're eating rice porridge and someone else is eating farina porridge, 
one is not necessarily superior to the other, it's based on region. We want to be embracing different ways that people eat. It's a language. Food is definitely the ambassador of culture. And one of the ways we can connect to each other and know that, hey, these are kind of people that I resonate with and maybe from my background is to see what they eat. In this case, I know some people who are not necessarily from this nation. Um, I'm not going to say where they're from, but I will say that it's an island and they make their porridge quite differently. So um, I think the primary group that people know for making it this way may be from Haiti or from the Dominican Republic. And that would be to add uh, vanilla and clove powder, cinnamon sticks, and sugar to the porridge while you're cooking it with the milk so that it would taste really good but not overly sweet. I mean, it's up to you, your personal taste. I have a sweet tooth, so I probably add extra sugar to give it a really good taste. And when I say sugar, I mean regular cane sugar or white sugar. Understand though, that if you use different sugars, you get different results. Now, farina doesn't take a long time to cook. The package direction should be there unless you're getting it outside of a package. Maybe you do know a farm stand where there's a milling company and they're giving it to you without directions. So I'm going to help you out. And it, it really doesn't take a long time, but you should cook it thoroughly. That is important, okay? So one of the first things you're going to do is you're going to put your milk in, add your farina, your sugar and the rest of your spices. You're going to cook it on a medium heat. And Now if you want butter you can put it in there after it starts boiling but you know I, I would kind of wait until toward the end personally. And you're going to simmer it very slowly and you don't want to go too far. It takes a while. I mean it's not instant or anything, not at all. I mean, like, seriously, you must give it time to cook. It takes about seven minutes or so, at the most. And I think you'll like it. Personally, I would probably think about adding some sultanas or some raisins if you want to give it a little bit more of a richness. Like if you're serving it to a group that and you need to stretch it out, that would be good. Now I did talk about adding sultanas or raisins and I want to take a minute here to talk about why we need to rinse them before we put them in our food. You don't have to. You could just throw your dried fruit in there. But understand, fruit has different method, methods of, uh, that are used to preserve it, even with dehydrated fruit. If you're in modern times, you know they're going to use standard practice in the United States of it it's not a big deal but if it's made at home if someone made raisins at home like prunes or ap apricots or anything usually they use the dehydrator or they use the freeze dryer but some people are still using sulfur so 
it's a good practice just to rinse it off. Plus, we know that there's a certain allowance of pests that are allowed to be in our food with the USDA. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of extra protein, maybe a little bug leg here and there, but personally, I like to rinse the fruit a little bit before I add it to my food. So here we go with the warring schools of thought. Most people cook their farina in a pot now, whether it be a Pyrex pot or a metal pot or a ceramic based pot. They cook it directly over the fire in the pot. Or I mean, you might use an Instapot, you might use a crock pot, it's up to you. But I wanna point this out. Originally, years ago, you didn't always cook it that way. Sometimes, way back when, and I mean before I was born, we're not getting into when that was, thank you very much. Let's just, let's just say, bell bottoms were all the rage, as were really cool conversion vans. But way before even that, the way that Farina was cooked was in a double boiler, when you could. That's right, in a double boiler. You would put the liquid and everything in a double boiler, and there's a good reason for this. That would prevent scorching. And why would scorching be a factor? Remember I said, back in the day, and even now, the preferred way to prepare the porridge or the farina is with milk. Milk can scorch. So that's why it just makes good sense that they would have preferred to make it over a double boiler. We have non-stick surfaces now, so that might not be a factor, although I would caution you on using non-stick coated cookware as it does get into your body and we have so many chemicals that are coming into our bodies all the time that maybe not everything we cook has to be cooked in that. But I'm not judging you if you do. You use what you have. It's just a word to the wise. And breastfeeding mothers definitely should be extra careful on this. If you're using a cast iron pot, and yes, there are those of us who have them, <laughs> cast iron pots, not just skillets, and kettles, then you could also make sure to add that because that will help with the iron in your system, in your body, if you're anemic. Although I wouldn't recommend it, if possible, because that taste will get into the farina. There's something else I want to warn you about. And that is making the mistake of thinking that farina is going to give you a lot of nutrition. Unless it's been fortified, it's not going to. It's just going to fill you with a little porridge, offer a little bit of, of grain content to get some food into you. Especially if you're really hungry, it's a very quick dish to make so that you're not walking around with an empty stomach. But nutritionally, it doesn't have much more nutrition than white flour. So it's not something you're going to have in there as a staple for dense nutrition, more so just feeding your family a little something. There is an alternative to that though, and it's called graham grits, but it's not that easy to find. So if you're in an area where you can get those, 
that might be better for you. But this episode is about Farida, and we're going to keep to Farina. Okay, so you can serve the Farina by itself, but it's a little bit better if you add something to it. We talked about adding raisins or sultanas. But did you know you can add figs? If you go way back in time, you may be able to find older cookbooks. I know one of them was the Kellogg's cookbook too, and they were talking about how you could definitely make a fig sauce. It's still in print if you can find it, but the copyright has expired, so I can give this recipe today, so yay! Now the farina with fig sauce. Um, it sounds a little different if you're not used to eating figs. If you are some of my people here in Michigan who are of Italian descent, I know you've got your fig trees. So save some fig trees for the winter for this and for the summer so that you can serve this, okay? It's not time to unbury them, I know, but it's, it's something to keep in mind. So to make the fig sauce, you're gonna make the farina like you always do, okay? And then you're gonna serve it hot with the sauce. And the sauce is gonna be really, really good. You're gonna to have to pour the sauce on each bowl of the farina or of serving. So this is gonna, you're gonna need your ladle, okay? So let's talk about how to make the fig sauce. And if you don't have a fresh fig tree, you can also do it with uh, dried figs. You can find them at different fruit markets. We talk about Michigan a lot, especially Detroit area, specifically Detroit and the surrounding area. And there's a family that has had a fruit market forever, and it's called Randazzo's. You can find figs there, either fresh or dried. No, they're not my sponsor, but they've been around forever and you can get a good deal. So, if you go to Randazzo's, grab yourself some figs. Now you're gonna need enough that if you, when you chop them up, you're gonna chop them up finely. Remember to rinse them first. You're going to do it to make a cup full of them, okay? Then you're going to stew these in a pint of water, and you're going to add a little bit of sugar, about a tablespoon. You're going to make it to this like this this big this big um, mess, this mass of uh, you'll you'll know. It's just going to be uniform. It's going to be bubbly. You know, get your like wicked witch on with ah, cackle and all that other good stuff, and like. Is this a Halloween episode? No. And you're gonna you're gonna stir it up and it's gonna be nice and, and bubbly. And then once you've got them going, because you're gonna stew them, okay? Once they're done, you're gonna push them through a colander or a vegetable press. And why are you doing this? You're gonna do this because you don't want those those stringy and those tough parts, those really, really um, not palatable parts, palatable, I can't talk now, palatable portions to be in your sauce when you're done. So you're gonna push them through the strainer, you're gonna push them through a colander, <clears throat> and that way it'll be smooth. Or if you're like me, you're gonna put them through your vegetable mill. I know, more dishes, I know, I know. But, you know, I thought it would go together, you know? Milled grain, vegetable mill, get it? It was funny, fine. Once you've done that and you've got a smooth sauce, you're gonna take that sauce you can put it on each dish of the hot farina, and you can even add a little cream or not. It's up to you. I'm not the boss of you. And there you have.
stop it. Farina with fig sauce. Thanks, Kellogg. Now, of course, you can always add fresh fruit of any kind with this, and they didn't say it in the um, in the recipe book, but this is my, my my recipe now. You can do the same thing that we just did with bananas. You don't have to push them through the strain or anything. Bana make yourself a nice hot banana. <laughs> okay, that sounds terrible. Okay, you're gonna take the banana and you're gonna you're gonna chop it up and you're gonna put it into some condensed milk, just enough to, to get to where it's even with the bananas. And then you're gonna cook it down and make this like banana rich cream. Once you've done that, you're gonna smush them all up um, and then you're gonna serve that on top of the farina. I know it sounds sounds really weird. Trust me, it's, it's very good. You could even add a dash of rum if this is an all adult kind of thing and you want to warm them up. Especially if they've been sick for a while, you could kind of give them a little bit of like a hot toddy thing going on here. I'm all about the hot toddies. I'm all about the hot toddies. Just leave the lemon out if you're serving this on the side, okay? Now remember I said that not everybody is, you know, able to make their own farina or ground wheat? That is true. However, some of the people that I know, and not me, not yet, they do have the ability to make their own, believe it or not. And though cream of wheat is the one most people know for a brand name, it's, it's still making a porridge. You're just going to need a grain mill. If you have a grain mill, I don't have to tell you what it is. If you don't have a grain mill, then this is your chance to go out and learn about them and go get one. It's really not that intimidating. You're not going to need a windmill house. You're not going to need a, a giant room just to make a little bit of grain uh, milled for yourself and your, for your use. It's, it's going to take about maybe the size that a mixer with a stand would take up on your kitchen table. So you're gonna get your grain mill and you're gonna get some soft white pastry wheat. Now there's different kinds of wheat berries, but that's the one you want. You want the soft wheat, the soft pastry wheat, because that's gonna be the one that's gonna give you your flour and your farina or your, you know, grains. And once you do that, it's not gonna take long. Once you get the hang of it, you're gonna get the added bonus of making enough farina that's gonna be equal to the amount of flour that's left over. You're also gonna need a strainer. Um, there's some really good information that you can find online, but there's an article that was written by a woman named Michelle Price, and she's a homesteader outside of Oregon, or in, I'm sorry, from rural Oregon. And, um, She's got a good, I mean, like a really good article on how to do this. And it's called Homemade Cream of Wheat Using Your Grain Mill. And she gets into some really good directions. So I'm sending you there because I want to give her credit for some really good instructions, better than mine, and plus she's got examples. So you can find her on chocolateboxcottage.tv backslash pantry backslash homemade cream of wheat. Or just look up homemade cream of wheat. And that way you can learn how to do it yourself. Okay, so I may have left some of you behind because you can't eat the wheat. 
never fear, Kenya's here. Ha ha! So you want to have the porridge feeling without the, the wheat. And you don't want to do rice porridge. I got you, fam. That's my daughter who taught me that. I got you, fam. You can make porridge out of spelt. Get some spelt, grind it down, okay? It's going to have to look like a little bit like oatmeal, like steel cut oats. Then what you're going to do, you're going to simmer it in a pot of water. And you're just going to let it cook for about a half an hour or so. Until it gets really tender. Once that's cooked down, okay? And you're only going to add enough water and salt to cover it for the most part. I mean, like, once you've got this going, you're going to use like, you know, about... I want to say three parts water and one part spout is what it comes down to. You're going to cook this down. Once it gets tender, you're going to add your your milk. If you're going to add milk at all, you should be adding some sort of uh, other flavoring like that milk to give it some more nutrition. And then you're ready to go. But you don't just have to do it that way. You can add some stuff. You can add some honey. You can add some birch syrup or maple syrup. I'm not the boss of you. And maybe a nice thing like some service berries or some strawberries or mixed fruit. And it will be so good. It's better if you heat them up, obviously, because you're serving something hot. And there you go. Now you've got something you can have too while they're having their farina. You can have your spelt porridge. I didn't forget you. We don't leave our friends behind. Now here's the thing. When you add the milk, it's going to have to cook a little bit longer. And that's when we get into you can't leave the room while it's cooking. You want to make sure that it gets no thicker than absolutely palatable for you. Okay? This is going to take anywhere from 5 to 10 minutes. It's going to be good. You're going to love it. Trust the, pro trust the process. If you're using frozen food, fruit, like, you know, sometimes you go to the dollar store or the grocery store, you buy your fruit there, and it's in a frozen form. While you're cooking the porridge, you should have it thawing. And then what you can do is you can heat it up slowly, preferably in the honey or the syrup if you have it. If not, just heat it up slowly in a pan with a little tiny bit of water. You can add cinnamon or whatever else you want to it if you have to do that. Maybe some nutmeg or some ginger. Apple pie spice is really good too. It's all together in one thing. If you have to, you can do pumpkin spice. It's up to you. I'm not going to tell you not to, but it's kind of overused a little bit right now. We're kind of pumpkin spiced out here. Add those to your fruit um, and then your fruit uh, contents. And make sure it's nice and warm so that when everything's ready to go, you can serve it together and it'll be so good and you'll love it. I hope this episode has changed a little bit of your view of farina, porridge, and just eating grain in general. If you walk up to someone and say, hey, I've got a bowl of grain cereal, you want some? And they're going to look at you, and that's going to be a moment. It's, it's going to be a moment you share. If you say to someone, hey, I've got some farina, want some farina porridge? 
if they're a parent and they know you're a parent, they're going to say, hey, you had some leftover for breakfast? What happened? But listen, it's time to change your thinking a little bit. It's time to embrace the fact that not just breakfast is a good use for farina. Again, adding the milk gives you the nutritional bolster that you need. But even just for a snack, for a lunch, if you're just wanting something a little bit to get that that hunger off and you don't want to eat a full meal, having a little farina in a plastic bag ready to go with a little, you know, cup of milk, maybe a carton of milk in your lunch bag and you can heat up a bowl of uh, hot water, make your farina and you're good to go. It doesn't take that long. It really doesn't. I doubt it would take much longer than if you made... um, made a a TV dinner or something like that. So give yourself some time. Be kind to yourself. Especially if you have one of those mini uh, self-slow cookers that you take to work. They're like little bitty, little bitty ones that sometimes you can have. Those are really good and that would be great. And I always try to find uh, new ways to make life convenient for my friends. And we're friends, right? Farina is one of the most convenient of the hot cook cereals. It really is. It's a convenient porridge and believe it or not, sometimes people use it as a dessert. But I'm going to tell you what, and we didn't get into it in the episode earlier, you can definitely make it a meaty porridge as well. If you don't add sugar and you don't add milk and you cook it in juices, it could be a good meat porridge. Well, a meat flavored porridge too. It's up to you. The world is unlimited in its choices, and I think you should try it. I think you should try to expand your pantry and just explore what can happen in the future when your your limitations are, are gone. Just like I look forward to exploring the next episode here with you, check out that segue, here on our magical, My Magical Cottagecore Life. See you then.